You are listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice, episode number 16. Health Interventions has been created by Marsha Kessner, MP, to help other nurse practitioners and medical providers grow their clinical practice and optimize patient care. Whether you are brand new, building your skills and confidence, or a seasoned provider looking to stay sharp in an ever-changing patient population, you will find real-world information to use in everyday practice. Health Interventions for Your Practice focuses on a solid evaluation, lifestyle management, and patient involvement. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Marcia Kessner with Health Interventions for Your Practice. I hope that after last week's podcast, you guys have taken some time to do some self-reflection and to think about your potential for burnout or where you are if you're burned out. And, you know, maybe to have scheduled those vacations that we talked about. If you missed that podcast, go on back and check it out. You can go to um, nphealthinterventions.com forward slash 15, and you'll be able to listen in or read all about the things that we talked about last week. So now this week, though, we're going to talk about protecting your personal life. Because when you're new to this profession, it doesn't seem so difficult to see the patient, chart on the patient, follow up on the labs that you have ordered and be finished by the end of the day. Especially when you often are not given the real picture um, of this in your clinical practice. You probably don't have a full patient load when you're in that clinical experience and you get shielded as a student from that big picture. As your patient load increases or you start to encounter more complex patients in your professional practice once you've gotten out of that clinical setting, that may require some extra care coordination, um, getting your charting done might be a little bit more difficult before the end of the day. Next thing you know, you're taking your charting home. This begins interfering with your home life. Most often, your family does not understand why when you get off at five, six o'clock, you are still working. Unfortunately, this is where we are right now. With a ridiculous amount of documentation required for reimbursement, with the introduction of pay for performance reimbursement, we're supposed to have an ease up on that. We'll see what happens. The theory behind this pay for performance is that it is about the quality of care, not the quantity of care. Meaning that instead of busting your butt to see more patients, billing them with an ENM code, you will be coding the diagnoses and the outcomes and get paid for the outcomes. Meaning you are reimbursed and incentivized for your A1C blood pressure and cholesterol levels being within goal and for decreasing visits to the emergency department to name a few. Unfortunately, this doesn't really reduce the number of patients that need to be seen when you are booked out for six weeks. This current system requirement to see 30 to 40 patients a day to make a viable income is quite ridiculous. And to be able to put all these people into your schedule is even more impossible. Um, This reduces your quality of time spent with a patient, unfortunately. You can often find yourself needing to choose between your work 
before the end of the day or spending your time with a patient that is in desperate need of your attention and services. Patients do not always come in with clear-cut problems that tend um, to be taken care of in 15 minutes or less. They don't know that the plan of care was to follow up on their labs and, and you know, go with their their event or, you know, the the uh, <laughs> to continue on with what you guys had worked on in a visit prior. They come in going, oh, good, I've got an appointment. And while I'm there, I'm going to talk to her about So, you know, often, like I said, the patient will come in and you'll finish reviewing the labs and the studies and all the things that you had in your mind that was happening at this visit, completing your objectives just in the nick of time to get to that next patient. You put your hand on the door and they say, oh, one more thing. And of course, you don't want to cut them off. You need to address what that one more thing is. You can't have them make another appointment to go over that one more thing because you're booked out for six weeks and they are in front of you right now requesting just another moment of your time. The moment usually turns into an additional 15 minutes and most insurance companies will not reimburse you for that extra time spent on the acute problem that was added to the established visit because they want you to make that as a separate appointment for acute problems. And you can't really do that. I mean, it's it's difficult. But again, the goal of this podcasting adventure is to um, get not to get into the data and details and regulations and insurance issues. The goal is to put things into real life, to give you tips and tricks that you need to take care of yourself and take care of your patients, preserving your sanity and their health. So in episode number eight, I talked about how to maximize that 15-minute visit to be able to fit it all in, especially if you've got the hand on the door thing happening where they go, oh, just one more thing. And if you haven't listened to that one, go on back and check it out. I'll link to it in the show note where you can just click the button and get on in there and, and listen to it or read up about it. You don't want to become bitter and burned out and forget the reason that you went into this profession. You don't want to start neglecting the patient's needs because you need to finish charting or to move on to the next patient. You also do not want to take it home with you and become irritable or spend your free time working on documentation. Today, I want to share with you a chance encounter that I had to see these things from the family side, the people that are there when you're taking this work home. The encounter I want to discuss is one that was involving the significant other of another nurse practitioner asking me for some advice or support. This encounter was with a gentleman that was at my office to do some contract work. He had scheduled the work for me to be done on a holiday weekend. I gratefully accepted the offer to meet me at the office on this day as my schedule is quite insane and the issue at hand needed to be tended to pretty quick. While he was there doing the work, I asked him why he had offered to do it on a holiday weekend. I learned that his wife was a fairly new nurse practitioner in a primary care office, and then came was a really big slap of reality to me, the current situation of what our profession is in. He said to me, she's working anyway, doing charts and stuff, so it doesn't really matter. I was literally speechless for a few minutes. He looked so sad and he looked away, kind of shrugging his shoulders when he said it. We continued to have the conversation around the work situation. I felt it almost an obligation to help him to understand some of the downfalls 
to what we do in our profession. I, of course, supported the fact that our patients are more important to us than ourselves sometimes, even if that isn't really right in some instances. Inside, I deeply wanted to help him to not be disappointed. I also wanted to be supportive of her as she was finding her place in the practice and with her patients in her first year of practice. But as I was talking, I found that I was only making it worse inside on myself. Why should I support the fact that this woman was gone from home for 50 plus hours a week at the office and then bringing home her work every evening and weekend and holiday? Why is this right? There was no extra compensation for this. She's actually, I found out, being compensated per patient. She does not have a base salary. She is completely commission-based and at the same time is pushed and pushed with minimal experience in this new profession rather than being supported and mentored. Without speaking to her myself, I didn't know the complete extent of this, but I was gathering that she had minimal support in her new role and was not only trying to see the patients, document on the patients, but research, of course, what was needed to effectively treat her patients. They didn't all fit in that little box that we learned. There was a flicker inside of me that was furious that someone was being treated like this and was being encouraged to run through patients as fast as possible for a dollar with minimal support. But I bit my tongue. I didn't let it out. I let him keep talking, and I just listened. I always thought that the things I did for myself, or to myself, I should say, were of my own accord. I own my business. I am an entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurial spirit. I have multiple projects always in the works. Therefore, self-inducing my demands on myself and indulging my workaholic nature. If you were to ask any of my staff, they would tell you they don't ever want me to have free time because it will only give me time to think about new ideas. And I will blame that one on my mother. None of you probably will ever meet my mother, but trust me, that trait is all her. (laughs) Um, Nothing is ever perfect, ever perfect. But you have to learn how to work within your career and your life with balance. Balance is the key. And if you don't get that balance from the beginning or work hard to find that balance once you own up to it as a need, you'll find that you're getting burnt out. And that's what the last episode was about. Go back and listen to it if you didn't hear it. I'm afraid that this is only going to lead to misery. You cannot do everything. You can't cure everyone. You cannot fix everything and everyone. And when you're honest with yourself and with your employer or your coworkers, that they will appreciate that as much as you do. They will appreciate that realization. Your family will appreciate that realization. In the profession of caretakers, you have to put yourself first. And I don't mean in a selfish way. Because when you take care of you, you're much better 
for everyone else. You're much less likely to snap at someone, to be irritable, to be grumpy, to be moody throughout the day, throughout the week. When you start getting miserable with yourself, imagine what everybody else is going through. The moral of the story in this one is to hang in there if you are a new graduate and build your confidence with things like this podcast. That's my goal. It's a learning process. You do have to seek out other resources. You're not going to come out knowing everything. You're not going to come out fast. You're not going to come out efficient. Sorry, it isn't what's happening. You were given so much information in your program to get you to where you are right now. But unfortunately, a lot of it is not real life and actionable stuff you got. You may not have gotten a good first job. You may struggle with finances that have been put on hold while you were in school. But don't succumb to a greedy bully that is called your boss. Not all of them are greedy bullies. Remember that there is a learning curve in your career. Have an open discussion with your family about that learning curve, but definitely still be aware of their feelings and do what you can to make it not a snowball effect that only gets worse instead of better. Start with a discussion with your employer, you know, about needing a little bit more time with your skills and your confidence. If you are not, if they are not willing to budge, then maybe you need to look for other opportunities. Because if they lift you up and support you and know that you're going to need a little bit more time in the beginning and schedule that appropriately, they are going to build one hell of a nurse practitioner. And yeah, I said that. Because if you are lifted up, boosted up, you are taken under someone's wing and you are taught well and supported, sky's the limit. Because we've learned it ourselves. We've had to learn it as we go. And there's things you won't learn until you do it. And you need someone to help you know that. That's the end of my tangent on that one. (laughs) But I hate a bully boss. Trust me, I hate it. Because you need to be taught You need to be helped because that helps the patient and that'll ultimately help your employer. In the meantime, with all this, don't sacrifice yourself or your family. There are too many options and opportunities out there. If you've been at this a little while, maybe consider starting your own practice. I've told you it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, but it's also one of the most challenging. And if you're not a focused, organized person, then don't do that without research first. If that's not in your interest or you know you can't handle or manage all that, that's okay. There is no shame in seeking a position that allows you to protect yourself and your family. There is no shame in changing jobs. It does not make you a failure. There are many opportunities. There's primary care. There's specialty care. There's obviously there's weight management care. There is so much out there to do to learn, to seek, to grow yourself and your personality and your interests to benefit someone else that you don't need to be stuck. This was a little lesson from the heart. This is a little lesson from someone with experience. This is me giving you a little, little mothering you a little bit, if that's what you want to call it. We'll get back to more of the medical stuff in the future, okay? We're, we're not missing out on that. I've got 
things to complete. I got things to get into your head that's going to make you better before we continue back into the stuff with the patients. Because if you don't take care of you, then you are not helping the patients. I've just found it a little necessary to give some of this love to you, my colleagues, for your own health. And that I think you will grow and, and learn from it. And I hope that you grow and you learn from it. And I hope that it puts a seed into your mind to think, to analyze, to see, to evaluate. Just like you do with a patient, you need to do that with yourself. You need to remember your family and your self-care and your self-love. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, as always. And if you're loving it, give me an iTunes review. That will help others to find the podcast to help them in their practice also. You can find more of me and all the things I do at nphealthinterventions.com. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to my Instagram page. You can find my show notes for this particular episode at nphealthinterventions.com forward slash 16. And while you're on that website, you want to make sure to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on any of the things I have to share with you. So I'd like you to have a great week. I want you to fill it with many health interventions for your patients. And don't forget yourself. Thank you for listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice. If you like this podcast, please take the time to rate, review, and share. If you'd like more health interventions for your practice, you can visit mphealthinterventionsforproviders.com and sign up for the Health Interventions newsletter.